Antelope Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation, Leon de Grel in Exile, by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco, Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness, despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers. He stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. De Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved, such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader. Get Leon de Grel in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. We're talking about the top 10 conspiracy movies to... Show to your friends and family, although this one we don't want to show to our family necessarily. This one's a little overboard, but it is really important because it's it is giving us a window into what's really going on. And even it is kind of uh, kind of toned down, we could say, because, you know, Kubrick, I don't think he could really show us what was going on with, uh, you know, the darker side of this when it gets into things like the adrenochrome that Jim Caviezel was talking about. And I mean, that, that's not even that's even further than what's pictured in this film.
What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome back to the Alex Johnson. I'm your guest host for the fourth hour, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. And we've covered a lot of elite texts in the last two plus years that I've been hosting the fourth hour and really honored to be here. Really glad to have this opportunity and love speaking to you guys. It's one of the best podcasts and audience uh, experiences that I've had is, is being here with you guys. And I want to do something a little different today because we've covered so many of the elite texts. I want to go back to what I really started getting into when it comes to all this stuff many, many years ago, which is Hollywood. And we're not going to just do the old Hollywood analysis of the occultists and all this kind of stuff. That's that's well known now, I think. And, you know, I was blogging on this uh, 10, 12 years ago and then wrote my first book in 2016 on esoteric Hollywood. But what about something easy where it's useful for the audience to recommend films to their friends and family uh, to wake them up. And believe it or not, I think that the elite have the perspective that they do like to demonstrate what they're up to. They, they, do, not, they, they do like to show us ahead of time what's going on, fiction, and that predictive programming element is really important for how the elite run things and how they prepare us for things and they, they warm us up. They kind of condition us to the things that are coming down the pipeline. So Hollywood and pop culture and the music industry, all of it together as part of mass media plays a key role in this preparation phase. And a lot of the analysts and, and psychological warfare experts and the sociologists and the public opinion experts, the Bernays, the Lipmans, they've talked about the role of Hollywood and all this. So what are 10 movies, the top 10 movies that openly display and expose the big conspiracy, the New World Order, the technocratic takeover in all of its facets and components? So I've chosen 10 that I think are the best. I think I've written extensively on every one of these. So if you're looking for a, a series of movies to watch with your friends and family, <clears throat> not all of these are appropriate for friends and all members of the family, I'll note, by the way. And in fact, the first one that I've chosen is not appropriate for everybody. In fact, I'd be, I'd say, uh, watch out, don't show it to your kids. But mature adults can understand that Kubrick was, whatever his motives, whatever you think of him as a filmmaker, he was definitely showing us a lot of what was 
really going on and how the world is really run through most of his, his films. In fact, four of his films make it to my top 10 list. And this is not a, any specific order. But the first movie I recommend uh, for understanding is the 1999 controversial expose, you could say, uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Now, this film was lampooned at the time. The critics didn't like it. A lot of people didn't understand it. And it is a bizarre film. But in Eyes Wide Shut, we have contemporaneous with the actual marital problems of uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman at the time, a movie that portrays their marital problems as they embark upon this bizarre uh, surrealist journey, we could say, particularly the the main character, Tom Cruise, that is, who believes himself to be amongst the uh, power elite. He thinks, well, I'm a really successful, wealthy doctor, upper class New York. Uh, my wife's involved in, you know, the art socialite sphere. And he, he has a lot of hubris and pride. And yet he realizes that his marriage is falling apart and that his wife apparently is not satisfied with him. This causes him to kind of go into a panic. And he's then tempted to engage in marital infidelity. And we <clears throat> we see a lot of this kind of kicking off from this or original um, Christmas party they're having, right? This leads him then on this long sort of mental journey, a psychological journey into basically what amounts to the real power structure. So he goes down this quest of seeking what he thinks is his first sexual fulfillment outside of his marriage, and then this leads him to uh, a large estate outside of, uh, you know, the the central hub of New York. And, and he finds out that there's actually a sex cult at this estate. And it seems to be very wealthy, powerful British elites running this sex cult. And he's confronted and called out in front of everybody when he, when he stumbles into this rabbit hole. And this leads him then to realize that he's not actually at the top of the totem pole. There's a higher level superstructure above him. And they're into some really dark Epstein style stuff. Now, Kubrick was telling, that, telling us that a long time ago. And when we come back, we'll learn more about this in my top 10 conspiracy movies here on The Alex Jones Show. Welcome back to The Alex Jones Show. We're talking about the top 10 conspiracy movies to show to your friends and family. Although this one, we don't want to show to our family necessarily. This one's a little overboard, but it is really important because it's, it is giving us a window into what's really going on. And even it is kind of... Uh, Kind of toned down, we could say, because, you know, Kubrick, I don't think he could really show us what was going on with, uh, you know, the darker side of this when it gets into things like the adrenochrome that Jim Caviezel was talking about. And I mean, that that's not even that's even further than what's pictured in this film. But in this film, we have something like a kind of a, a high level elite sex cult. You see the head of the cult there sitting underneath the double headed eagle, which uh suggest some some kind of high-level secret society, occult, sort of uh, perhaps Ordo Abkayo, something maybe Crowleyan going on here. And Tom Cruise, again, uh, inadvertently sort of stumbles into this, thinking that he's going to, you know, get uh, the upper hand or he's going to uh, attain a new status. or he, He's just really curious. He wants to find out what's going on. So he's tempted, right, to engage in this ceremony outside of his uh, marital relations here in this big secret society sex cult. Uh, and they say, no, we're actually, we're going to kill you uh, because you have, you have gone against what's allowed. And as you know, I'm not going to spoil the whole movie. You've probably seen it, but uh, one of the supermodels from the very beginning who he saved, and by the way, there's a bunch of very beautiful supermodel women in this sex cult. 
And that's interesting because we know that in terms of Nygaard and a lot of these figures connected Epstein, they actually did recruit and utilize a lot of supermodels. So it's very, very curious here that Kubrick was telling this, telling us this in 1999. But anyway, Tom Cruise basically realizes that he's going to be put to death. This cult has all the uh, powers of an intelligence agency at their disposal, which again, Kubrick is probably telling us something there because Tom Cruise ends up being followed. He ends up getting threatened. And the supermodel who he saved at the beginning, she actually dies for him. Believe it or not, actually, I think actually Alex had her on, the actress that played that role. She came on uh, maybe five or six years ago on InfoWars. I remember that interview. And she basically said, yeah, everything that Kubrick's talking about in this film is real. Of course, uh, Vivian Kubrick has come on Alex's show as well uh, several times. So I, I recommend Eyes Wide Shut as an overall uh, analysis of, hey, look, Hollywood was telling us in movies all of this Epstein Nygaard stuff back in 1999. And believe it or not, there's actually a lot of films prior to Eyes Wide Shut that are very similar to Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, old black and white movies like Eye of the Devil with Donald Pleasance, right? They, that was actually telling us something very similar. Next, let's move on to another Kubrick film that I think is uh, extremely revelatory that a lot of people didn't initially think was that revelatory, but now it's been so dissected and so analyzed on YouTube, and I have a whole mini documentary that's gotten quite a few views analyzing it on YouTube, as well as many other YouTubers, and that's Stephen King's novel, The Shining, <clears throat> made into a film in 1980 by Stanley Kubrick. And this, this movie has been dissected into oblivion, just like 2001 has, but what's fascinating about it is that it's it doesn't, in my view, this is my interpretation, you can disagree, but... I don't ultimately think that it's about a haunted hotel. I think that it is in part about that, but it's also about something much deeper, which is about American society and Americanism as a whole. And the reason that's relevant is that we find out this hotel is actually haunted because it was at one point the location where the jet set used to hang out. All the best people were told by the hotel manager, royalty, the elites, those who uh, were successful, so to speak, in a worldly sense in life. And the main character, of course, Jack Torrance, is uh, tempted. He, he's constantly sort of tempted throughout the film to, to, in his mind, to think, if I'm going to get amongst the elite to become a great writer, which is his, his desire, right? I'm going to have to dispense with the things that hold me back, right? And eventually he realizes that that's... Danny and Wendy, my wife, Wendy, right? He says, I got to get rid of Wendy. Wendy's holding me back. And there's a lot of interesting elements that people have picked apart, including myself, such as Wendy's interest in witchcraft. Uh, that's not really apparently clear right away. But if you go back and you watch the film, you'll notice that uh, Shelley Duvall is actually reading in the very early sequences a lot of books on witchcraft. She's, she's, she's shown holding and, and studying witchcraft. So she's interested in the uh, esoteric and the occult. She has stacks of witchcraft books, which I think suggests perhaps Jack also was reading these books again, because he's also a literary figure who eventually becomes demonically possessed. And as we know, this becomes more and more apparent as the film progresses. And I think there is an argument to be made that Jack might have actually even abused uh, uh, Danny. Now, that's not, I mean, beyond physical abuse. And I say that because. There's a recurring theme in a lot of Kubrick films about um, child trafficking, underage abuse, this kind of stuff. It actually comes up quite a bit, right? I mean, Kubrick did Lolita. It comes up in Barry Lyndon. 
uh, it comes up in Eyes Wide Shut. So the Lily Sobieski character that I didn't mention in Eyes Wide Shut, she's actually uh, apparently being human, human. She's human trafficked, you, you could say, because she's at the the uh, costume store when Bill Harford uh, is trying to get his costume for the sex cult event. And she's obviously an underage person who I think we're supposed to. She whispers to Bill Harford, for example, that you need an ermine cloak if you're going to be hanging out with royalty. But Jack, of course, as we said, is is uh, eventually demonically possessed, and he ends up sort of trapped in a victim of this hotel. But there's a lot of sub-themes and motifs throughout the movie that make it clear that it's not just a critique of um, you know, a crazy writer trying to achieve uh, elite status. It's about the dream or the promise of the American idea of you can make it amongst the elite if you're willing to sacrifice it all. And the criticism here is that that includes, in Jack's mind, right? He goes crazy trying to make it into the the elite to the point where he's ready to sacrifice uh, his wife and kids. He's so insane, right? That's really, I think, what the film is about. By the way, in the movie, they're actually watching a movie called Summer of 42, which is about uh, pedophilic relationships. So uh, Shelley Duvall and Danny are actually watching that movie at one point, which is really bizarre. It's not really appropriate for a child, right? And the, the movie ends, of course, with Jack doing the Baphomet pose as above, so below, where he's immortalized amongst the individuals at the hotel. So we see him in a 1921 photograph Right, telling us that essentially he's uh, not only was he possessed, he's basically condemned to be the, one of these uh, haunting phantasms of this of this uh, this hotel. But I think that it's also an allegory for uh, America and how America, in a sense, if it has abandoned its original principles, right, basic moral principles, values, America can become a haunted, possessed, overlook hotel. You see, because you know. That it's isn't it? I think built on an Indian burial ground, all this kind of stuff, right? So I think that's what that's actually about. Um, next, I would say the uh, the the movie 2001. Even though it's been dissected a million times, this would be my number three uh, film, and it's relevant because the really the whole Arthur C. Clarke storyline of 2001, 2010, and 3000. And one, that whole trilogy is about the evolutionary ascent of man to become a transhumanist god. Literally, it's about the apotheosis of man. And we know that because, of course, Arthur C. Clarke was hanging out with a lot of the uh, esoteric occult circles. Arthur C. Clarke was into uh, a kind of Luciferianism, you could say. And he, and he did believe that technology would be the means by which humanity would become gods. And so if you think about 2001, I'm sure everybody's seen it. If you go back and watch it, you'll notice that the evolutionary process uh, where the apes discover technology and dominance through technology when one ape hits the other guy on the head with a bone, this then leads to the next phase of human development, which uh, we fast forward to being in space and the conquering of space and Bowman being sent out to investigate these strange signals that are coming uh, from various uh, space locations. And then we get the next phase of evolution, which is man versus AI, right? Bowman versus Howell. And who will win? Well, it turns out, of course, Bowman wins that, uh, that battle. And so he becomes a god figure. He steps outside of, when he goes through the, the, the portal or whatever, he steps out of the 
time and space universe into the next dimension and is reborn as Star Child. And in the story, Star Child nukes Earth because it's time to start over, right? It's a it's a depopulation narrative, right? In in the the novel or in Clark's version, uh, Kubert changes that, but. It is a completely Luciferian uh, expose, and when we come back, we'll get into that in a little bit more. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com. A lot of people have asked me, why is InfoWars Store and InfoWars Life not had a probiotic for more than three years? And the answer is simple. We only bring you the highest quality to lowest prices. We had a top maker, top certified of probiotics for more than seven years. They got bought by a libtard company and said, we're not doing business with you, Mr. Jones, anymore. Finally, we got a probiotic just as good or better with a top lab that loves our show. We're able to private label it under InfoWars MD as our probiotic formula. So you can get a super high quality probiotic for amazing gut health and more at InfoWarsStore.com for 25% off right now. Now, wherever you get your probiotics, it's something everybody should be doing. But I'm asking you to try our probiotic. I think you're going to have an amazing effect and it funds our entire operation. So get your InfoWars MD probiotic today at InfoWarsStore.com. It's a high quality formula and it keeps us on the air. Take action now at InfoWarsStore.com. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. We are breaking down my top 10 conspiracy movies that reveal and explain and expose the New World Order in varying ways and capacities. And we were talking about 2001 A Space Odyssey from two, from 1968 from Kubrick again. And the thing about Space Odyssey is that uh, although I don't agree with the overall philosophy that's being presented in the movie, it's relevant because it's giving us an insight into the attitude and the perspective of the elite. And I do think that it has a lot of these sort of esoteric and alchemical sub-themes going on. It's about not just evolution, but man's ascent into apotheosis and the elite perspective of how that occurs via technology, because as the series progresses on beyond the first movie, I would actually recommend if you watch the second movie with Roy Scheider, uh, 2010, it's about the Cold War ending so that we get a world government, believe it or not. So out of the Cold War dialectics comes the synthesis of uh, the New World Order, and the New World Order in that movie is presented as sending forth humans into the cosmos to seed the cosmos so that we can become gods of the universe, basically. And in 3000, uh, in, the, in the third installment of Arthur C. Clarke, it actually has 
Hal and Bowman be coming together in, in a kind of transhumanist entity known as Halman, and man becomes God, right? So that's that's what the series is ultimately about, but it's all predicated on, not just on Darwinism, but on a mystical Darwinian apotheosis where conflict, thesis, antithesis, synthesis, leads to uh, this the, the, the apotheosis of transhumanism. That's actually what the whole movie and the series is about, if you pay attention to it. And that also leads into another quasi-transhumanist film, my fourth choice uh, when it comes to the top 10 movies that display and illustrate the New World Order and the revelation of the method, predictive programming, all is the Matrix trilogy, which begins in 1999. I'm sure everybody's seen the Matrix trilogy, but did you pay attention to a lot of the Gnostic, neo-Gnostic sub-themes, to the Platonism? to the esoteric idea that uh, Neo, this individual who is, we later find out, the ninth or tenth right version of Neo, I don't remember exactly, but it's something like that, right? There have been several other Neos that were the one, but the tenth instantiation or ninth, whatever it is, of Neo is the final one because he's actually going to break the pattern, break the matrix. And so initially it's about whether we're determined, predestined to be part of this this uh, scheme, this sort of computer program that is that doesn't allow for free will. And you have this architect character, this great architect, which is, again, kind of a Masonic idea that God is this architect, this grand architect of the universe, and that Neo breaks out of this because he's supposedly determined to only have a couple options in, in this choice at the end between, uh, you know, coming after the great architect or, uh, you know, saving Trinity, right? And it, so initially it's about free will and choice. And then as the series expands on, it, it becomes uh, about synthetic virtual realities. It, it becomes about a future dystopia where, you know, we've been imprisoned by this uh, this AI. And uh, there's a lesser known series called The Animatrix where it turns out that the AI was actually able to take over through this weird cryptocurrency that it invented. I'm not saying that's Bitcoin. I'm a supporter of Bitcoin. But I just thought it's funny that uh, they, it engages in atmospheric geoengineering spraying uh, the AI in the Animatrix series. Um, and then, so that's part of the storyline that's not in the mainline movies, but there's a lot of, lot of pre predictive programming in the, in the Matrix series. So it's definitely worth watching. Um, but the basic philosophy here is, uh, is Gnosticism and Platonism. And so we're just hearkening back to these ancient systems of philosophy that I think it hit really well for audiences in the 90s, because that's right when the internet was starting to get really popular. And then there was a lot of hacker movies in the 1990s. And so even though there is a way you could read The Matrix as a kind of a, a narrative where we are awakened, where we wake up to, to reality, ultimately it's also kind of a, a Gnostic presentation which doesn't really wake us up. So it's, it's both revealing and concealing, I would say, when it comes to The Matrix trilogy, because you can use it as an analogy for where we are in the world that it seems like we exist in a matrix system where you know we can't get ahead it's gamed against us as individuals as normal people you can't rise up it's a super mega corporate control structure that's what we see here in the first one but we find out that actually it's much deeper than it being some kind of socio-political economic control structure the oppression in the matrix story is actually all of reality being an illusion being a prison. The idea that all reality is a prison, again, is an ancient Platonic slash Gnostic view. And I know that Gnosticism and Platonism are not 
identical. But that's where I would disagree. I don't think all reality is inherently evil or some kind of a prison. But we are existing in a fallen reality, and we are, in a, you could say, underneath the dominance of fallen angelic entities, right? And so in that sense, it's partly true. So you could read Agent Smith as you know something like a Satan figure, and you could read Neo as a kind of a Christ-like figure, again, with limitations here. And so the red pill and the blue pill then symbolize the blue pill staying an NPC, staying a normie, staying believing Biden and this kind of stuff, right? Whereas the red pill is waking up to what's really going on, that reality is controlled, that reality is, uh, we're lied to about reality on a massive scale. I'm not saying everything's a lie, but a lot of what we are told in mainline education and in mainline churches and all this kind of stuff is not true. It's a lie. It's part of the matrix system. And so really the only way out of this is a type of religious conversion. And so I think we could we could read that element of the matrix uh, properly and correctly. <clears throat> the next movie I would say in my list coming uh, to the top 10 here is, or the, I guess this would be one, two, three, four, five, this fifth one <clears throat> would be Network. And I just covered Network. We just talked about it fairly recently on one of the fourth hours with you guys. And this is the satirical film uh, from 1976, which you think is about, I was I was glad to to go back and watch it. I had never seen the whole thing until fairly recently in terms of paying a lot of attention. I think I saw it many years ago and I fell asleep. Not because it's bad, it's just watching it late at night. So I watched it intently and paid attention, and I was amazed at the depth of this movie. This film has so much in it, and it is quasi-satirical because the the Carnival Barker media character, who Howard Beale, who starts to, because this network is dying, he, he wants ratings, and he starts to just sort of rant. So we get kind of the 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 first notions of modern media, of it being about cult of personality and it being about infotainment, which I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but it's, it's, it's clearly showing that the future of media will be about transitioning out of the boring old figures that, you know, the, the Walter Cronkites that sit there and tell you that you should believe in the new world order. And it will be transitioning into these sort of loud, uh, crazy figures, right? And it even has reality TV in this, in this movie. They actually start a reality TV show about a, a communist cell in the movie, which is pretty wild, right? This is this is the 1970s. Nobody had done reality. This is years before MTV and road rules and you know all that kind of stuff. So here we have this this pr prediction of reality TV and this really famous. There's actually a few famous speeches in the movie, and you see the sequence here that they're showing. That's of course the most famous one that we talked about a couple uh, fourth hours back. Uh, and and it's this sort of socio-economic Darwinian corporate control. The metaphysics of corporatism, basically, is the purpose of this speech. We'll talk about that when we come back on the fourth hour of the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. Don't go anywhere and head over to the Informal Store when, when this uh, show ends. Listen. Do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. 
We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, theamericanfreedomparty.us. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Two of our best-selling nootropics, or brain boosters, are now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. And for a limited time, they're 50% off when you get them together, or 40% off when you get them individually. Brain Force Plus and Brain Force Ultra. Two separate formulas. They both give you good, clean energy without the crash. One is a four to six hour good base of clean energy, again, with no hangover or letdown. And the other is a very special proprietary formula, that's Brain Force Ultra, that hits really, really quick. And I love it, it wears off in two to three hours. So if I've got to work at night, but don't want to stay up all night, I can take it and say nine o'clock at night, gotta stay up till midnight working, doing a radio interview or something, and boom, or, or, or writing an article or writing a book, and then I get Two, three hours of energy, and then you go right to bed after it. Brain Force Ultra, Brain Force Plus, both 50% off by themselves or 40% off individually. A lot of people love these products. They've got five-star reviews. But if you haven't tried them, you really should. 50% off, InfoWarsStore.com. Welcome back to the fourth hour of the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. And as I was saying, be sure after the show to head on over to the InfoWars store and make use of all those excellent products that are over there. I have quite a few in my bathroom. In fact, the... Coral calcium uh, toothpaste. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, we have some of the um, other supplements and and nutritional uh, aids that Alex offers, and we're big fans of those. So I definitely recommend getting those, and also the t-shirts and the books and all the other uh, offers that are over there to support the info war, keep this show going. And we were talking about Network, the 1976 film which is a great satire of mass media and in many ways very predictive because it shows the control uh, of mass media in all forms on the minds of the public. And how the public can really be swayed uh, in this, uh, in, in, in a mob mentality, so to speak. And the Howard Beale character ultimately tries to step up against the system, against the, the, the matrix, you could say. And he's immediately shot down by this figure who we find out is actually a sort of a black rock uh, a vanguard sort of character who has this giant, uh, you know, hedge fund conglomerate that is buying the network. And the network says to Howard Beale, we run you and control you. Uh, you know, you, you don't have this freedom. You don't, you're the creation of us and we can destroy you at any moment. And so Howard Beale, who kind of sees himself as this quasi prophet, quasi religious figure is realizing, oh, no, I'm actually a creation of this entity. And that, that weird sequence there where he's being lectured at by the, 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 the big BlackRock CEO there, right? Uh, he finds out that this figure is sort of a god figure to him. And it's a very religious sort of uh, uh, sequence. And, and Beale actually says, I've seen the face of God, speaking of this CEO corporate figure. And so it's not about truth. It's not even about ratings. It's about what the megacorp wants and they control and destroy Howard Beale at will. So 
that there's a lot of really profound truth, especially in that uh, corporate metaphysics sequence, as it's sometimes called the the metaphysics of corporatism or whatever. Uh, it's, it's a great film and it's full of a lot of really profound truths and predictive elements. As I said, the reality show uh, in the, in there that it's just, it's just wild. All the stuff that's in that movie, I highly recommend it if you've never seen it in it, but it's great for showing the absurdity and the reality of corporate media control. Next movie, I would say that's great in the top 10 list for waking up your friends and family, which pretty much everybody can watch, is the 1988 classic from John Carpenter, They Live. They Live is one of the best conspiracy movies that's pretty accurate. Now, depending on how literal you want to read it, you could read They Live as a story about aliens, or you could read They Live as a story about, again, mass media control in the New World Order. It's not perfect. There's a couple areas of the film that I think are kind of silly that I would disagree with, but They Live is a, a story, it's kind of a cartoonish, satirical story, you could say, of sort of a drifter, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, John Nada. He sort of wanders into L.A. looking for work, and uh, he ends up staying at a, at a homeless encampment and finding a, a construction job. And while he's staying at this homeless encampment uh, looking for work, he he, he hears a signal that's broadcast from a local church that comes through on a TV TV show. And they hijack the signal and they say, uh, everything that you're been, being told is a lie. And there's a corporate uh, system that's controlling you. And, and we're being controlled by uh, our desires and by consumerism and all this stuff. And then the signal goes away because they, uh, they lose the, the, the signal. So this begins him questioning and he, he figures out that it's coming from this church nearby. And this church, it turns out, is manufacturing these glasses that allow you to, when you put them on, see what's really going on. You can see through the signal that's being broadcast that controls your perception of reality. And so this, this leads to a kind of a burgeoning rebellion and revolution. Yeah, there's the signal as they're watching it that's, that's uh, breaking through the TV screen, through the advertisements and the, the consumerism. And this leads to this sort of under undercurrent of revolution against the system. And as soon as this starts to build, the system hears, finds out about it and they send basically a giant police state killdozer <laughs> to come through and just destroy the entire homeless encampment, right? So this sends uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, John Nada uh, on the run and uh, they, re, they reconfigure and they try to again build this uh, revolution against the system. And it turns out it's not what they thought it was. It's not just a corporate control, it turns out there's these sort of alien beings that uh, appear as humans, but they're all, they're the sort of off-world demonic parasite that is leeching on everyone and controlling everyone through the signal that they're emitting from a control tower, from a satellite on the top of a media building. So again, a lot of allegories, a lot of parallels there that the corporate control, the consumerist society it's all about conform, consume, obey, watch, be quiet, stay asleep, right? Exactly. Keeping you in the matrix, so to speak. And uh, again, it gets really wild. It turns into a, a battle with the alien entities and these off-world things. And the idea is, well, if I can control, if I can destroy the signal that they're emitting, then I can get rid of them. Um, so it's a great allegory. It's a great, it's a great film overall. Uh, I highly recommend watching They Live. If you've never seen it, the next movie I would recommend in my list of the top 10 conspiracy movies that show us what's really going on in the world would be Clockwork Orange. Once again, 
Kubert makes the list again. And this one is really important because this is based on Anthony Burgess's novel, um, which he also has another dystopian novel, by the way, called The Wanting Seed. And that might be relevant if you're not familiar with that dystopian nor uh, story for what's going on in the world. I won't say what it's all about, but but it's about a lot of what's going on. It's it's an element of the dystopia that not many people have talked about. For example, 1984 doesn't talk about the Skittles rainbow element of the dystopia that we're going into. Uh, but the wanting seed does. Brave New World does, by the way. But uh, Clockwork Orange is interesting because it's a dystopian novel or in uh, the, the movie presentation is not really about what you first think it's going to be. You think it's about, okay, there's these droogs, uh, these these uh, gangsters that are running around New York, these uh, wily British uh, uh, street folk, and uh, you think, okay, so this is going to be about a gang. And No, it turns out when Alex is arrested, he's put into a medical psycho-psychiatric rehabilitation program. And so the first act of the movie is about you know the, the gang stuff and the the havoc that they're wreaking and then the rest of the film turns into basically an mk ultra rehabilitation skinner box <laughs> the rest of the movie is basically alex in a skinner box undergoing mk ultra mind control conditioning and the best sequence in the whole film that explains the purpose of all this is when, in, when one of the social scientists, uh, psychiatric guys gets up there and he says that the whole purpose of all of this is to take all of these inmates as an experiment to recondition them, to emasculate them and turn them into completely obedient, subservient creatures of the system, to basically break them in and to turn them into uh soy bug men basically so the prison system is the test tube for what they call in the movie the ludovico method which is this method of re-imprinting you through trauma-based mind control and drugs to make you into a completely obedient submissive soy man and in the film, it's uh, if I recall, it's it's been many years since I've watched. It. I did an uh, essay on this many years ago, but uh, it, it's basically effective in the case of Alex, right? He he, he eventually gets rehabilitated, he gets conditioned, so to speak, into being this sort of docile uh, vegetable, right? And then after that, we see him maybe having a dream of a fantasy of of engaging in his baser desires. But ultimately, it seems like the Ludovico method is effective in creating this docile, mind-controlled uh, public, and that's eventually what they want. So the this a very profound dystopian message that uh, movie message that, that I think ultimately is about MKUltra, and I think Burgess probably knew what Tavistock Clinic and what the MKUltra uh, doctors were up to because that had a big uh, a big role in the UK. It wasn't just America. It was, it was kind of a global thing. Uh, turns out MKUltra was everywhere. So when we come back, we'll finish up with the last few movies that are the top 10 conspiracy films of all time. The Occidental Quarterly fills a unique niche in bringing together scholarly articles on a wide range of topics that are mired in political correctness elsewhere. 
It is edited by Professor Kevin McDonald, who's no stranger to listeners of the political cesspool. There are quite a few reasons for the precarious state of our civilization and our people. But one of the main ones is that we have lost the intellectual and moral high ground to a cultural elite that is hostile to our people and our culture. Those of us who are politically aware must understand that the elites dominating culture and the political process in the West are intellectually and morally bankrupt. TOQ is the key. Digital download subscriptions are only $30 a year. Subscriptions by first-class mail are only $60 a year. Go to toqonline.com and click on subscribe now. In addition to receiving fascinating and informative articles, you will also be supporting the work of scholars who are part of a community defending our people and our culture with the highest level of integrity and intellectual sophistication. That's toqonline.com. Subscribe now. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. We have three original, one-of-a-kind toothpaste designed by my father, a dentist, at InfoWarsStore.com that don't have fillers, that are filled with high-quality essential oils and more. We have the turmeric toothpaste, we have the ultimate tooth whitening with coral calcium toothpaste, and we have the amazing activated charcoal toothpaste, again, with a whole bunch of key essential oils that are so good, not just for your teeth and your gums, but your whole mouth, your throat, and more. These are really game-changing toothpaste. They're very, very strong. Most over-the-counter toothpaste have fluoride, ours don't, and it doesn't have fillers in it. It is just chock full of incredible things that God gave us through Mother Nature. So, it's now back in stock. It became a bestseller. The turmeric toothpaste is available again at InfoWarsStore.com. We're selling out of the tooth whitening toothpaste. We've got some of that left. And we also have some of the amazing activated charcoal toothpaste in stock, but it's running out as well. So all three toothpastes in stock for a limited time, InfoWarsStore.com. Welcome back to the Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. We are going through the top 10 conspiracy movies of all time that show us how the world really works. They were telling us all along in so many films what's actually going on in the world. And movies are a great, great way to wake up your uh, friends and family that don't know about this stuff or kind of maybe just now kind of waking up and figuring out what's going on. You can go back and show them, hey, a lot of these old movies that you grew up with that you that you saw when you were a kid, you know, they were actually telling you a lot of this stuff if you paid attention. And I want to remind you, too, that uh, for our audience in terms of movies, uh, we'll be doing a live event in Hollywood very soon with Jamie Kennedy. If you've seen the Jamie Kennedy experiment, if you've seen Malibu's Most Wanted, if you've seen, uh, you know, Scream, so many great movies. And and I think Jamie was in what in my view, one of the funniest TV shows of all time. The Jamie Kennedy experiment is, is genius and a lot of interesting psychology. If you watch that show, too, it's not just a comedy show. There's a lot of interesting psychological uh, studies you could do on the basis of how people react to a lot of those scenarios. And if you go to my Twitter, the very top of my Twitter, you'll see a, a, a pinned tweet that got a lot of views. And then right underneath that, you'll see the Eventbrite link. You can get right there, go to that. It's on my Twitter, it's at the very top, Jay Dyer on Twitter. And you can get tickets to our event July 6th at the Valley Relics Museum. They're in uh, Van Nuys, uh, right outside of, of Los Angeles or in Los Angeles area, Malibu area-ish area. Uh, so get your tickets there at Eventbrite, and we'll be doing a five-hour event where we cover Hollywood, we cover movies. Me and my wife, I do a lot of comedic stuff, I do a lot of impressions. We have a, a hour and a half on film analysis that Jamie does. I do an hour and a half on my book, uh, Film Symbolism, and on... Uh, philosophy. So I'll be talking about this book 
You can come get your book signed, book signing, all of that. And then Jamie Kennedy will be doing a stand up for uh, about 20 or 30 minutes as the headliner of the show towards the end. So go get your tickets at the Eventbrite link. It's also on every post on my website. You can find the links there to get the tickets. July 6th in Hollywood. Be sure and come on out. Now, we were talking about these uh, movies that tell us everything. Clockwork Orange was a classic. Let's get the next one. Conspiracy Theory, 1997. Richard Donner, Mel Gibson movie. Of course, Mel is in quite a few conspiracy-ish, conspiracy-themed movies, but this one was one of the classics. Edge of Darkness is another uh, Mel Gibson conspiracy movie that a lot of people overlook. A lot of interesting things going on in that. But the reason I chose Conspiracy Theory is not just the title of it, but in my own life, this was one of the first movies I watched. It came out in 1997. I remember seeing it at the theater. That was kind of my first exposure to conspiracy culture. I know X-Files had kind of just got going on Fox back in the mid to late 90s. I didn't really watch TV back then. I was, I was in high school, so I didn't care about TV. I cared about girls. Uh, and and I remember going to the movie. I did like movies. And I remember going and thinking, oh, this is pretty crazy. I wonder how much of the stuff that Crazy Jerry, the conspiracy theorist, talks about is actually correct. And if you watch the movie, quite a bit of what he said was correct. He got some things wrong because he ran a little conspiracy newsletter, uh, if you remember in the film. But it turns out, uh, and I'm not spoiling too much if you've never seen it, it turns out that Jerry was actually a subject of MKUltra. And Patrick Stewart, Captain Picard, uh, Captain Picard, he plays the handler to Jerry. So he, he's actually Jerry's CIA handler who was mind-controlling him to create a programmed assassin. And they were, they were using him as a private, secret, corporate assassin group that was they could be used for hire. So it wasn't really even the CIA. It was people who had gone on from the CIA to create a private corporate intelligence network of private assassins that would then go and kill politicians. And right. And so the, the story was, of course, that Mel Gibson was supposed to kill Julia Roberts' dad, who was a, a high-level politician. Uh, and it turns out that most of his paranoia was true. And a huge part of the, the narrative is about MKUltra. And if you go back and watch it, it's amazing how much of MKUltra and how much accuracy was packed into that film. And, uh, you know, Mel Gibson has done some of the best work in terms of putting out good messages in Hollywood. And uh, people have dug up actually old clips from around this time of the mid to late 90s of, of when Mel was actually saying how dark Hollywood was even back then. So super duper mega red pill based Mel way ahead of time when it comes to talking about the uh, esoteric occult satanic elements even back then. And so I highly recommend if you've never watched Conspiracy Theory, go back and watch it and you'll you'll be pleasantly surprised. It holds up pretty well. And especially the, the conspiracy stuff. So so much of this has actually come out in a blow away. Um, next movie, you can't pass up another 90s film. I remember when this came out, I wasn't super into it just because I didn't know much about the JFK assassination. And I was only I was only about maybe 12 or so. I, I mean, I was I was just now hitting, you know, like high school era, starting freshman high school or something. But and that's the 1991 uh, Oliver Stone film JFK, which turns out was based on multiple different authors that I think Alex has had most of these authors on over the years. He's had. Uh, Jim Mars on. I think Jim Mars's book was uh, played a key role in Oliver Stone. I think Jim Mars consulted in 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 part on the screenplay with Oliver Stone. I know that uh, Colonel Fletcher Prouty's book Secret Team played uh, part of a role 
in uh, th this film that's a classic um and i know that uh i think mark lane's book also played a role so a lot of, a lot of the classic kind of jfk writers and early phase conspiracy people did have a role in, in helping oliver stone to put this together and there was a, there was sort of a, a a golden period uh, in in the 80s and 90s when you could still get a lot of these kinds of movies made and so i think uh, you know oliver stone deserves props for for getting that done and alex has had uh, sean stone on many times i've had done many podcasts and shows and hung out with sean stone and you know he, he knows a lot about this stuff and the hollywood stuff too that we've talked about so i would say go back and watch jfk and you'll notice how much of that old generation uh, conspiracy stuff actually uh, comes through in the story we find out the mafia elements we find out the cia elements and that's that's important because a lot of this has now come to the fore not just with tucker covering the uh, cia uh, relationship to the jfk assassination but now rfk rising in popularity and getting out there and talking about a lot of these issues and basically saying yeah the cia was uh key, was crucial uh in the assassination of my uh, elder family members yeah exactly so go back and watch uh, oliver stone's jfk and i think you'll notice that a lot of other oliver stone films also have you know conspiracy themes here and there but I think JFK comes to the fore as the most conspiratorial of his films and and uh, probably the closest to pretty much what went on right that day. I think it's pretty clear that you have people like uh, E. Howard Hunt. Alex, in fact, years ago went and, and got a deathbed interview with uh, E. Howard Hunt before he passed away saying, yes, I had a key role in that. Uh, and I think at that time, Alex was the only person covering that. Maybe Rolling Stone did a piece on it. But a Alex has an old interview with E. Howard Hunt. You guys should try to dig that up. It's it's a classic because you say, yeah, uh, it was us. We did it. CIA did it. I had a key role in that, as well as other factors. Mafia played a role, too. So uh, huge admissions there from, from E. Howard Hunt back in the day. Next uh, film I would say that's really important. This is uh, would round out the tenth uh, of my top ten conspiracy movies. Would be the old, old, old movie Metropolis from Fritz Lang, 1927 film. Now it's going to be a little difficult to watch if you've never watched this film. There are actually some versions that people have made on YouTube which have sound and because um, this is an old silent film basically, and they've added music and there's colorized versions. And so you, it's about a three-hour movie, so two and a half, two, two something like that. 245 so it's going to take a lot of time and effort it's, it's not an easy it's very different i'll say that um but there's a lot of really profound futurist elements in this including the prediction of the rise of ai sex bots and how that would be used to control the city the the, the social sphere might even be destroyed by the implementation of ai and sex bots that's actually what this 1927 movie is about Amazing, amazing prophetic uh, elements in there. This is probably one of the most profound future presentations that we've ever seen. In fact, when they create the AI, she is created by a mad scientist sitting there underneath an inverted pentagram. And the idea in the film is that this will actually be a satanic ritual process, which will bring about the AI which will then bring about the apocalypse and the destruction of society. The film actually has a lot of references to uh, Babylon, you know, the whore city of the Book of Revelation and, and all this kind of stuff. That's all in the film from 1927, and it predicted, again, that it would actually be transhumanism that would bring about 
the the collapse of society. And so in the film, they real I'm not going to spoil it, but they realize that hey, maybe this isn't a good idea to <laughs> release uh, you know AI sex bots uh, on the population. It might end, it might end up in an apocalypse. So uh, I hope you hopefully enjoyed this. There it is. There's that great sequence there where she's seated at the uh, base of an inverted pyramid where the science, basically dark alchemical science, is actually a satanic endeavor to invert nature and turn it into something dark for control. Uh, if you would uh, like deeper analyses, my books actually have full-on analyses of all of these films that we covered today. You can go to my website, jaysanalysis.com, in the shop and get signed copies. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal. One aim, a strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. 205-672-2000. Reality check. Rampant hacking. Identity theft. Mass surveillance. Defending yourself today is not an option. It's a requirement. Introducing the Conceal Shield Travel Pack from DefenderShield.com. Conceal Shield is cutting-edge wireless blocking technology that eliminates all signals, including EMF, GPS, and RFID. Place cell phones, credit cards, IDs, and other trackable items into the Conceal Shield, and they become totally invisible. Get Conceal Shield now at DefenderShield.com. Use promo code CONCEAL for 10% off. Guard your privacy, secure your data, and protect your health with Conceal Shield. You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible, ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, US. We have great products you already need. Go to InfoWarsStore.com now and 
you know, I said a week ago the sale was going to end. I extended it because we don't have the products. And if something isn't on sale, people don't buy it. So it's a catch-22. If we waited and sold the products over the next month that are about to sell out at full price, we'd get the money, but we need the money now to buy more of the products. So X3, the sale will end this weekend, 25% off. And I don't know how long it'll be till it comes back in. Everybody needs to be on this, men, women, children, particularly adults. It changes everything. It's the main enemy attack is trying to block real iodine in the body. Info, most people don't have real iodine. This is it. Infowarstore.com. Super Female Vitality's back in stock. Super Male is sold out. Super Female uh, is 50% off. It's the same as the male formula. People just like a pink label for women. It's a great libido, stamina, energy booster. Truly really a special product. It's 50% off. Uh, we have Brain Force Plus, Brain Force Ultra, two different nootropics, both excellent, both different. They go together well. Those are 50% off. This is all going to end this weekend, and I promise you it will. Because we're going to have the 4th of July special after that, and it'll be good, but it's going to be limited because we don't have the product. We're out of half our products. We're out of DNA Force, bodies, the list goes on and on. More than half. So, and, we're, and that's why we're caught in this thing. If we had all the products, we could be stabilized and maybe even expand again, but we're, we're almost there. That's why I ask you to go to InfoWarsStore.com if you want to get us completely out of the rut. You know, we're kind of like stuck and the truck's starting to move. We're almost out of it, but there's another mud patty we got to go through here. Then it's kind of concrete roads after that, except World War III and everything else. I mean, I'm not going to say for another, there's going to be new challenges, but at least this patch of being stuck, we're almost out of it. But we need you to help push us out of this together infowarstore.com up at the top you see where it says donate support go there make a one-time donation five dollars hundred dollars whatever you want to give uh, twenty dollars you can sign up for auto ship like it's you know every week or every month or every six months out you know you can do it for 15 days out to a year just said oh once a year i want to give a donation or once a month i want to give a donation five dollars ten dollars twenty dollars whatever it is do it and then we get 95 percent of the money instead of with a product we make like 30 40 percent after credit card fees even less so the donations are amazing. Thank you so much. Infowarsstore.com. And if you've got the money and want to bet on freedom, make a $500 donation. We need the funds. It tortures me to spend most of my time or 20% of my time on air and half my time off air messing with money. I want to be making reports, making films, writing books, battling, battling, doing interviews, battling, battling. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. Here I am a few years ago. Uh, this is in 2020, talking about the importance of supplements and how when we say iodine's essential, when we say vitamin D is essential, that means you die without it. I explain it right here, and then we'll be right back with breaking news and the latest developments. Stay with us.